Welcome to the Otherworld's GG Community Cast. This is episode number 54. I am Table for Two, and I am joined by Mellified and Alien Pickle. Welcome, gentlemen. How y'all doing? I am doing delightfully. I'm uh, very excited to uh, have Jim back on a, a normal sleep schedule so we can actually uh, uh, do a podcast together, my friend. How you been? I've been pretty great. Yeah. Did you finish Lost Ark? Are you are you done now? You've beat the entire game, is that right? Uh No. Oh. But oh, well, I won though because I I quit playing before I spent money. And that's <laughs> how you win. <laughs> oh no. I just I got it. Excellent. Yeah. Like we were talking about uh watching Asmund Gold like lose his ass the other night and it, it, the game's just ridiculous, right? It's like it's one of those games like I'm gonna play it and then it'll get fun, right? Just once once you get like a hundred hours in, it gets fun. So just stick it out. And it and it was interesting for like the first hundred hours because I'm leveling up to fifty and and everybody's like, well, fifty's where the game actually starts, so you got to power through, you know, and get there. But then at fifty, you start the gear score grind. And then it's like, oh, well, I go up a couple hundred points in gear score and I have to put like blue crystals and orange crystals and uh, purple horseshoes and, you know, various like uh, unicorn lucky charms and stuff. Like yeah, that. the various lucky charms, marshmallows that have to go into this thing. <laughs> and then uh, it, it's like, well, those things get really scarce. So then what do you do? Well, it's like I grind the same content every day. And then I go do these asinine quests. No, none of the quests in the game are any sort of a challenge. It's just time wasting. Some waste a lot more time than others. It's terrible, egregious time wasting. Like, spend two hours doing a quest. You get to the end and it's like, now you must do the slash whatever emote in front of the king to complete the quest. And it's like, I don't have that. Where do I get that? So I go to the wiki. Oh, you have to do this other quest. And then the reward for that quest is the C mode. So I go do that quest and I get to the end and then it's like, oh, you have to play the the song of the woods to open this door to get, oh, I don't have that. Shit. Where do I get that? So I'm like four quests deep in the prerequisite to unlock the end of the first one that I started. Right. And it's just like it doesn't warn you like you don't have the prerequisites for this to finish it before you start. You find out at the end when you hit the you hit the wall, right? Ouch. And it did me that like four times in a row, and I just uninstalled it. I was just like, "Nap, we're done." So yeah, that's that's got to be frustrating. Yeah, it was absolutely frustrating. And then uh, my friend Ralph is still playing it, and he was playing it as much as me, so he's probably a thousand hours into that shitty game right now. And he's at the point where he's just like, "Yeah, I'm never gonna f actually hit end game." Because he's to the point where he's got like a six percent chance to upgrade his stuff. It's it's like grind all day. Do you have twelve hours today? Like play for twelve hours, and then you get to roll the dice once with a six percent chance to succeed. If you would like more chances to succeed, then please swipe your credit card. Uh, now, now we're done. Yeah, that's a terrible model, I think, personally. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean feel it's a like good a model for people... them to make money, but it's a terrible model for the consumer. Yeah, I, it's the most Korean game I've ever seen. <clears throat> like, people people were like, dude, Korean games, that's what they are. They're all grind. 
you know but it's like but at least you're playing the game you're not just going through the motions and you know it it's it's almost like bitcoin right it's not actually like the problem that you solved actually did anything it was just proof of work mm. and that's kind of what this game is it's just like proof that my ass was in the seat for 12 hours so i get to roll the dice and lose mm. so yeah. well let's uh let's uh, jump on into the game news then shall we yes indeed so um hogwarts legacy is coming out and uh there was a state of play that sony did where they uh revealed this game this 15 minute long trailer and they really went in deep on all the different things that you can do as a student at hogwarts and i believe you start in as a fifth year at the school of witchcraft and wizardry and the timeline for this game actually takes place back in the late 1800s so there's a there's an interesting um, period of time where you know we're going to be before all of the stuff that we know from any of the existing lore of Harry Potter. Um, to... When did the Harry Potter stuff happen? The original, the original uh, storyline takes place in the early '90s. So, like when Harry Potter starts. Oh, really? That school... was that was real time, mm-hmm. like right then. So, yeah. when the movies yeah. when the movies were coming out it was like this is happening right now and no Potter well the, the movies came out in the early 2000s the timeline takes place in the early 90s so it's about a <laughs> okay. decade off y- yeah but i mean it's not hundreds of years like whenever no. the fantastic beasts movie came out yeah right, that which, that takes that takes place in like the what the 30s and 40s somewhere in that time something frame. like that yeah. right so it's kind of like they sh- they hit different parts in the timeline right and so this game very this, star trek yeah, and this game's going back to the late 1800s, so there's even it's even further back than all that. So it kind of really helps to um, differentiate itself. So there's going to be a whole. So so in other words, you're you're managing your expectations because you're not going to be running into like a um, um, Dumbledore. You're not going to be running into like a Snape. You're not going to be running yeah. into you know any of this kind of stuff. You're 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 going pretty far back. Now maybe you might see some like um earlier family like you know lineage stuff but really you're not going to run into any existing characters which i think is nice because it really opens the doors to tell like a a unique story its own thing but the cool thing about it is is you'll be able to do like your own crafting your own like you'll be able to uh have your own um fantastic beasts kind of like place to like raise magical animals and do all kinds of stuff it's pretty robust the game that they've like yeah. built here so i'm pretty impressed well, it was, with it it was rather freaking me out like i was watching the trailer and i'm and i'm just like okay so the level of detail in everything is crazy right it was like back when skyrim came out and we were just like oh damn skyrim like and there's so much game here you know like will anybody ever see all of it kind of thing right. and then i'm seeing this and i'm just like this is like the new skyrim kind of thing where it's just like <clears throat> there there's a huge amount of detail to everything and you know the the trailer was just like that it was just like oh and 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 right it kept so you going also can it was this. shocking and, <laughs> yeah it's, it's like oh would you like you know would you like pokemon we have that kind um, of in a way would yeah you, would you like some dark souls combat yeah yeah we have that um would would you like to you know it's we have some loot stuff making right? potions like, and yeah oh yeah so the potion around crafting. And... Right, and, that, and that's where that's where they finally whenever it was like oh and you can explore the giant open world they also stick and i was all... like wait a minute 
Yeah. They also went down this path, too, of saying that you can pretty much, depending on which direction you go with your character, you can go down darker paths and actually become, like, a dark witch or wizard as well, so... The, yeah, the, I hope that's not, like, an A-B dialogue choice like Bioware. It was, like, you know, <laughs> like, save the children or... Murder them B, all. throw the children in the oven. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a very witch thing to do, but, you know... <laughs> This is true. But anyway, looking forward to that. That comes out later this year, and I've got to say I'm actually really excited for that one. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see how the, the 1880s setting plays into the mortal realm, the, the normal muggles world, because that would be so different, you know, that, that that could be a lot of fun, too. Yeah, and I've always, and I've always wondered, like, because uh, according to uh, Potter lore, like the 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 muggle world at least like the governments are aware of like the wizarding world like but they like they don't really cross paths a lot but they they just know of each other well, is it like the UFO conspiracy? Like the government well, knows, but they won't well, tell you. I, I, I guess it, in a way, because they talk about, too, like with the threat of like Vold, Voldemort coming back, they're like, you know, let let the muggle, let the muggles know or like let the muggle government or let parliament know or something like that, that, you know, there's a potential threat going on. Like, because it's yeah, interesting so, because that actually bleeds over into the into like the normal the normies kind of world like you know things do get blown up and people and normal people do get attacked and so it, it kind of becomes interesting at that point but anyway well uh, and it, and it'll it could certainly get uh interesting to see like i was thinking you know 1880s victorian era england right that's that's a very um specific point in time it 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 evokes images of dirty factories and, you know, sort of a, a, a real turning point um, in history. And so it does seem like it'll be a fun, fun place to explore from the, the Hogwarts side of things. For sure. All right. Well, what else we got coming up here, Melfod? Um, <clears throat> so Street Fighter six was announced. We talked about that on our last news show, but we also are getting a definitive update, the final update for Street Fighter five. And it includes some interesting features. They're actually providing a cell shading version of the graphics. So you can turn on a filter and get a cell shaded look to your characters, as well as a retro pixel uh, filter. So, you know, having a little bit of fun with it. Um, It'll, uh, it'll, it, you know, we'll see how that changes things. Probably not too, too much, but uh, it is kind of a neat way to to build up the anticipation for Street Fighter Six. So. Wow, actually, the retro, the retro pixel filter is pretty sweet looking, though. If you actually go and check that out, uh, because yeah, because I, because the new Street Fighters have traditionally kind of turned a little bit more with like three D and their angles and stuff like that. This kind of turns it into straight up just like uh, looking at like a flat fight. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it it makes it look really cool. I don't know. Go check it out. I like it. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise is getting an expansion coming out in June called Sunbreak. Uh, this kind of hit this month, the news, and we got a uh, pretty decent preview. There's you know, more monsters, more areas to explore, more, 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 right? We we kind of know what Monster Hunter feels like at this point. Uh, yeah, and honestly, I was disappointed 
with Monster Hunter World that they didn't just continue to pump expansions out for that because the game was fine, you know? Like, we didn't we didn't need, like, a reboot of the, the whole game itself. It's just, like, stick another island on, bring back some some other monster hunter critters that we haven't seen for 10 years or whatever. Like there's, there's an endless back catalog of different monsters that aren't in the modern games. Right. So I hope in the, in the sunbreak thing that we, we get even more of those. Right. Cause there, there's things from world that aren't in, in uh, rise yet. So. Right. Right. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. I, I do agree that, if any game could have a almost infinite life cycle, you know, five year, 10 year cycle, it seems like monster hunter could definitely, you know, pick a game and just keep, keep gaming it. You know, the game that I want, I want arc survival evolved, but instead of dinosaurs, it's all the monster hunter critters. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, all right, moving on, uh, Sims four in its latest update, uh, it's called Neighborhood Stories, and it was it added the ability to tell the other AI-controlled Sims, the NPC Sims, what to do without, you know, sort of taking them over. But now EA's expanded that, and the other Sims will make major life choices without you being involved at all. So they will adopt pets, have babies, get pregnant, change careers, retire, they'll move. So they're really making it so that your little digital dollhouse is is much more of a living, breathing world rather than just a uh, serial killer trapping people in the pool and letting them starve to death simulator. Wow. <laughs> so did, can, can you role play like you're my mom and you just sit at the kitchen table and criticize other people's life choices? <laughs> I, I'm actually pretty sure you can do that, but uh, the mods for this game have gotten out of control. I mean, you can do pretty much anything in Sims these days, it seems like. Sweet. Um, moving on to some Minecraft stuff. It's interesting. Um, the first Minecraft 1.19 snapshot adds the deep, uh, the deep. Oh, God, I can't even speak. Adds the deep, dark biome and frogs. So for the first time, I guess, ever, they're they're adding in. Uh, Adding in some frogs to Minecraft, huh? Yeah, um, the the patch notes for this are pretty pretty spectacular. I gotta say, it sounds like uh, a children's show. Frogs can jump. Frogs can swim. Frogs can walk on land. Frogs can croak. Frogs can eat small slimes, causing a sm slime ball to drop. Frogs can eat small magma cubes, causing a frog light block to drop. Ooh. Each frog variant drops a specific frog light block. And three frog light blocks are added, a light source block. Yeah, that's pretty. It's pretty nifty. I, I mean, uh, bravo to Microsoft for continuing to keep Minecraft going with new stuff and new things and adding all kinds of stuff, Java version or not. Like, it's pretty interesting that they're continuing to. Well, I, I saw where they that. they basically merged in the Java version as part of the Bedrock version now, right? It's all like a unified launcher. Uh, well, it's a Does unified launcher. It's not a, separate, it's not a separate purchase, or you do have to buy both. I it, I think they're they all are still separate purchases. Still separate. Yeah. Wow. Um, but there is a unified wow. launcher, and 
the features are relatively close, right? That the, they've tried to establish parity between Bedrock and. and I mean, if you if you have if you have Game Pass, then you've already got the non Java version and the Dungeons version of the games. Yeah. Um, but I bought I bought Minecraft years ago. I think most people at this point have Minecraft. I mean, I think I bought Minecraft back when it was like, you know, version yeah. like one. Like it's oh, like geez. if you don't have it by now, you don't need it because it's like well if, if you if you don't you have the, any if you interest if you've never bought the java version there's no real need to buy it right now because if you've got access to it through this other stuff like you can get it on your freaking phone and play it with people who are playing on pc so i mean like, yeah but the, but the mod stuff right like uh one of the things that i love in the in the java version is the map mod that just you know i just hit tab i get a mini map i can mm. find out where the heck i am so i don't get lost and bedrock ain't got that i mean you're, i just I mean if bedrock just had mod support like the java one does then we'd be good like they could have and and also please like curate your own mod front end for it so that people don't have to go to these shady ass minecraft well but that's the thing is bedrock bod bedrock has that right it has a store for mods it has an ecosystem and that's Really, the, the the big differentiator is that they aren't going to do that for Java. They don't want to do that for Java because they've already done it for Bedrock. Yeah. Um, the only yeah, reason, the, oh god, well, I mean, the but the Bedrock thing is is like the mods are are different, and it's also like, hey, come pay for these things, right? Like, yeah, you know, it's like yeah. I want a map mod. Oh, that'll be five bucks. It's like, well, wait, no, because that already exists and like i i see where you know creators are putting their skin packs up and stuff and and they're putting you know stuff like that but i don't see um like they had the shader thing for the java and you can't i guess you can do that now in bedrock but it's kind of a pain in the ass but it's like we'll just get rtx bro so i, I don't know it, it's just it's two different things but they, they look they are. similar. Um, a couple other features of the 119 update mangrove blocks, uh, mud and mud bricks. And more to me, very interesting uh, is they're adding 3D directional audio. So you're actually going to have uh, sort of a, a more immersive soundscape for this, which I guess will help you find the frogs um, when you're. Well, that's cool. Play. You can get your digital Dolby theater surround experience and absolutely so you can hear those frogs creeping up on you <laughs> yes and there are tadpoles i should mention uh, you do get baby frogs as well so uh, they are all in on the frogs no kidding um vampire the masquerade is getting a telltale like game called swan song and this is really kind of trying to build up the world, immerse you in the story. It's much more uh, engaging in terms of the the background of it. And this one particularly takes place in Boston. Uh, each of these games tends to have, you know, be, be focused in a real city. So uh, it looks pretty interesting. I mean, obviously, uh, very story heavy, lots of dialogue. So... Uh, something to keep a lookout for. This is interestingly on PC, a Epic Store uh, exclusive, and it comes out in May. Excellent. 
The next Stellaris expansion is called Overlord, and it's all about being in charge. Well, I'm confused. <laughs> Aren't you already in charge? Um, you are. Uh, the a new expansion is coming for uh, Stellaris, uh, just like Clockwork, with the upcoming Overlord pack set to overhaul the relationships between ruling powers and their smaller uh, subject states. The goal of the expansion is to make consolidating their empires under your rule, but not direct control, a more interesting experience than in the base game. See, I, uh, yeah, just just more just more changing my game, I guess. But that's cool. That is kind of Paradox's mo at this point. Uh, change the game continuously. Uh, the expansion is intended to include new ways to be both a kind ruler or an oppressive one, with new mega structures intended to give you new ways to control and elevate your empire. Congratulations. Uh, all right. I don't think we talked much about uh, Babylon's fall, um, and I I think that kind of matches, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, industry at large. Right, this game uh, was supposed to be a big deal and. It's Platinum Games, you know, a very well-respected Japanese developer published by Square. And it kind of launched and everybody forgot about it about two seconds later, it seems like. Um, they The developers came out and said that they are continuing to work on it. They're uh, doing content for Season 2 and, and planned work on Season 3 and beyond. Uh, they are doing a limited-time event with Nier Automata, uh, characters to try and pull in that audience, I guess. You can actually so, download a beta right now and play the beta on Steam. Ah, interesting. Or it's a demo. Excuse me, it's a demo. I used um, the wrong word there. The, the PC gamer uh, reviewer Anne Marie Coyle kind of summed up her experience with the game or her opinion as saying, um, "Far from the consistently exhilarating high octane combat, unique characters, and fascinating worlds that the studio is synonymous with crafting, Babylon's Fall crumbles under the weight of bland design, repetitive gameplay, and prioritization of paywalls over players." So it seems like uh, the developers are going to have a long way to go to win back uh, fans and an audience for this game, uh, which is a shame. I, I wish it had done uh, a little better there. Yeah, this is one that I'm not familiar with, so I'll have to dive in a little deeper and take a look at it at some point. Um, speaking of MMOs, though, the free-to-play MMO Lord of the Rings Online is getting more gorgeous. Um, I mean, congratulations to this game. It's it's getting its 15th anniversary um, coming up here with um, some updates. Apparently, they're doing some visual updates. Um, I guess... I guess they're opening up some uh, some classes like high elves, um, and stuff like that. So this is pretty interesting stuff to see that Lord of the Rings Online is still going this strong. It's probably going to get some rejuvenation to it with this new uh, with this new show coming out on Amazon. So yeah, it certainly won't hurt uh, their fortunes to be around and and be available when when the Second Age. TV show starts. So congratulations to them. Yeah. Um, Sirius founders apparently got bored during lockdown. And so they've decided to make a new game. Their first in more than 20 years. 
Uh, it is a Colossal Cave 3D game for VR and PC. Yeah, I had heard about this. This is pretty cool. Good for them. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, Crystal Cave is certainly remembered fondly by a lot of us old school uh, PC gamers. So uh, I'm interested to see what they do with it. Very nice. Um, what else we got here? Uh, the Google Doc sometimes gets a little funny if you're hovering in the wrong spot. It covers up text. Um, so apparently uh, for you PGA fans... There's going to be no new golf for you this year, unfortunately. Um, in terms of video games, that is, of course. Uh, EA's new PGA Tour game is going to be delayed by a full year. Um, this is a little confusing because there is a completely different game that is PGA Tour based uh, that came out for 2021. So I don't know if EA bought back the license and it's exclusive or they're going to have, you know, competing golf games with the PGA uh, Tour license or, or what's going on there. So um, confess to a little bit of ignorance, but at least EA's installment, which they haven't had a, a PGA golf game for quite a while uh, since Tiger Woods. Uh, no, because they, they did a Rory somebody one at one point in like 20. 16 2017 so but it has been quite a while um there's a new space battle game coming out called um how do you pronounce this is uh fabular fabular yeah it's called fabular um it is a medieval spaceship battle with swords and axes in this and an action as an action rpg so it's like a top-down thing you're a spaceship that that wields swords and axes at your other spaceship. Uh, does does it have like two two big buff arms hanging off the front of the ship? They're not they're not two big buff arms, but uh, oh. if you if you look in the show notes here, uh, you'll okay. see I just, you'll see that. I I figured it would be like two big Schwarzenegger arms just bolted on the front of the space. Is, shuttle. is, is it like kind of like the ch like the birds with arms memes that they have out there? Yeah, exactly yeah. that meme. Yes. Yeah. Thank it's you. it's kind of similar to that, but you just don't see the big beefy arms. But uh, the I think the I think the heart is probably there though. Um, there's a there's a really awesome trailer that kind of showcases this. Um, this is a unique idea, and I'm kind of down with that. I I don't know if it's necessarily going to be my jam, but I like the fact that it's unique. So there you go. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be fun to see what they do with it. You know, this actually reminds me hugely of an ancient apple 2 game called Bilestowed. i'll mm. just let you google that because if if this was knights and not spaceships and it had like a big map and you would just beat the shit out of each other hmm. so at like two frames a second oh of course of course yeah, yeah. um yeah i don't there's a ring a bell i'll have to go look that up uh in in news that shouldn't be news in my opinion um, a new game just launched with full crossplay support on all platforms, uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands in this case. But the reason I say it shouldn't be news is because every game should be launching with full crossplay. There's no reason in this day and age that we have to have islands of people that can't play together. It's just, just silly. Um, it is a little bit of news, though, because uh, 
Borderlands 3, which was supposed to have cross-play, it actually was pulled from the PlayStation game, uh, versions of the game late in the development process due to a disagreement with Sony. So um, I guess they, they worked out whatever that issue is uh, for Tiny, Tina, Tiny Tina's Wonderland, and hopefully we'll see it come back to Borderlands 3 at some point. Nice. Well, there's a there's a new game that's out and the uh, and it's got reviews with a roundup before its launch here. It's called Ghostwire Tokyo, and most places are giving it fairly favorable reviews. Um, this is one that I've been keeping my eyes on, uh, sort of briefly, not too intensely, but it does uh, it does um, spark my interest. Uh, are you interested in this one, Mollified? Yeah, I mean it. It it was sort of initially talked about as a horror game and it is not a horror game it is an action game um the one of the gameplay trailers you know uh kind of made that clear uh alien pickle and i were talking about this just before we started recording a little bit and uh you've actually played it i haven't gotten around to it jim so what were your your thoughts having uh spent a little um, time hands on it's interesting it's very much like a a shootery kind of thing. If you like control, it's it kind of is mm. like Japanese mystical control instead of the the more like Americanized uh, warehouse thirteen kind of control. Yeah. yeah. But okay. yeah, very similar thing. Interesting. Interesting. Just instead of like um possessed zombie people or whatever it's like headless schoolgirls and japanese businessmen ghosts and the guys running around with umbrellas look exactly like slender man which i i think anybody that sees it is going to be exactly that well so you know it's it's interesting a lot of people had this idea like oh this this is going to be like some kind of jump scare you know the ring kind of game and it's like no it's actually doom kind of thing but with uh with more spirits and and a lot of uh like possession of people and stuff kind of weirdness mm. yeah this so. this should be free on game pass on pc and xbox right because it's a bethesda studio i don't know about that i didn't see it on there Hmm. Okay, maybe so, I'm just remembering that. Well, oh, you know why? Because it's a it's an epic exclusive. So no, it won't be. Uh, <clears throat> was this one of those things that came out before the or like was in yeah. play before the what It must have been because it, yeah. it's it's an epic exclusive thing. You can't find it on Steam or anywhere. Interesting. Okay. So it'll eventually Or wait, wait a minute. No, it was was it on Steam? Maybe it was. I, it I might be Steam. thinking about it's this on other. Steam. Okay, different game. Different game that no, I was No, it's on Steam. Have. Never mind. But it is not on Game Pass. I just did a look for as it. A, as a game journalist, sometimes I just make shit up. <laughs> um, well, moving on to some specific Xbox and PC news. There is a port of a, a game that came to PC, and it's not doing so well. It's kind of... Uh, par for the course, really. But uh, Stranger of Paradise, uh, Final Fantasy Origins, um, kind of sucks, according to a lot of uh, reviews out yes. there. So, and that—that's the one that's the epic exclusive. Um, Sorry, 
because I was looking at both of them this week, and that's that's it, not Tokyo. Okay, yeah, that one is definitely Epic exclusive, the Final Fantasy Origins. Yeah, it's really a shame. You'd think that by now, like they they could get a handle on porting things to the PC a little bit easier than than they have, but all well. Yeah, and I saw, uh, I maybe I. I was in a little bit of a rush doing our show notes this morning, so I apologize, but I swear there's another story further on that was talking about the technical issue behind this. Well, what, what was, what's the tech it. problem with it? Because I hadn't heard any tech stuff. I just heard people saying like, you know, this isn't a real final fantasy game. Um, oh, well that, that may also be true. Uh, I swear that I had an article in our, in our show notes and I can't find it now. Maybe it'll you sure. You sure it wasn't like Elden rings, a shitty port, but we gave it 10 to 10 everywhere. No, specifically okay. with this game, the issue was apparently the hair The there's a bunch of characters with fur jackets and it will drop the frame rate of the game down to 25 frames a second on a 30 90 because it's doing so much simulation of the of the fur apparently so Yikes. that seems like an easy fix right you could just down downscale the uh effects on the on the hair uh the fur simulation and maybe that would make a big difference so well, it's open for a quick fix yeah well and speaking of elden ring valve is addressing the elden ring steam deck performance issues um good for them um the the funny, but can, the funny they, thing, can they address it on xbox and address it on normal pc as well please that well, would be great well valve has no control over that so they're, they're we're just talking about the steam deck yeah valve, valve is valve is addressing the steam deck version of things so they can't control the, the other companies. yeah i know i'm just i'm just saying like how do they fix a problem that is inherent in every version of the game well the on the steam deck um, Precompile all the shaders, I guess. It has to do with memory management. I guess the game makes a ton of memory management calls, and that was tripping up the Steam Deck specifically. So they they optimized that part of the the Steam Deck code. Uh, okay, well you'll have to test that out for us in about fifteen minutes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Your Steam Deck shows up. My, we are waiting. I am eagerly anticipating the arrival of my Steam Deck here. So um, it's coming today some point hopefully do you think your headset will make it all the way to the end of the driveway so you don't even have to pause the show <laughs> when you walk down there it, it doesn't make it that far sadly no it uh it would not uh not work that far but uh interesting new game has hit steam called core keeper and it is a co-op survival game that blends elements of stardew valley terraria and valheim uh, and kind of remixes them into a new, you know, relatively unique experience. Um, the the graphics are kind of an overhead, three quarters Diablo style perspective, very you know pixel crunchy pixel art, sixteen uh, bit style visuals. Yeah, it's top down Terraria mixed with a little Minecraft kind of thing. I, I'm probably about thirty hours into it at this. Oh, okay, point. great. Good great. time. You don't have the uh, the Valheim boss encounters, have you? Oh, but you do. Okay. Oh yeah, I've yeah. Uh, um, I've killed the first boss, which is like a giant slime, and he wasn't too hard. But it's like you go in and you and you get deleted a couple of times, and then you realize like, oh, much like Valheim, I have to prepare the environment 
before I trigger this Ooh. fight. You know, it's like I need to I need I need to make the room a little bigger. I need maybe a tunnel to run down. Um and then I have to light the area and kill all the trash mobs and then there's a bunch of um like slime residue <clears throat> that's on the floor that'll slow you down and get you killed. So get the shovel out and dig all the slime off the floor and then I'm ready to go in and fight this thing. And he wasn't so bad once I once I did that and I had like the best armor and best weapon that I could make. But you have to do a lot of exploring. Like some of the some of the ores like tin was <clears throat> a bit rare and now I have I'm swimming in it now that I don't need it. Um but you have to like uncover a lot of map to figure out where the stuff is so that you can make the stuff to get in and kill the boss. You'll meet the boss a lot sooner than you'll have the stuff to be ready to fight him. And that's kind of interesting because then, you know, you feel a sense of progression because it's like, oh, that guy deleted me like five times. And then the sixth time I was finally like worthy of it. And then I found the next tier of, of uh, critters and just like a normal guy is is uh as deadly as that boss was and these are just like the normal ogres that are running around in the in the like castle-y looking zone and, and it's just like wow um i guess i have to level up some more to be able to just kill normal trash mobs now they're pretty scary so good game though i, I i'm wondering if it's like balanced to be co-op mostly or not because solo against some of this stuff is getting ridiculous. So, but yeah, it's, it's good game though. Definitely. Good. Good to hear. Uh, so halo infinite has had some, uh, prominent members of the team leave recently, leave Xbox game studios and, uh, Microsoft's head of game, the Xbox game studios division, Matt Booty, which uh, which sounds like the character name from Buckaroo Banzai, but that's okay. That's <laughs> John well, Big Butte. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he said it. You know, this is sort of inevitable. The project's going, you know, one way, and and certain team members have a vision that's different, and so they decide to go on and do something else. Hey, so whenever whenever not... he does like the weekly conference call, do they call it the booty call? <laughs> So, you know, you know, what's funny about this, though, I was just thinking is like, how can this guy be taken seriously at times where it's like there's a quote in here that says there's always going to be turnover of leaders. It's inevitable. Booty said that's that's terrible phrasing. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's talking out his ass. Uh. <laughs> the, the jokes just write themselves. Let's let's I'm, I'm so, sorry. Sorry, Matt. Bo Matt Boutte. <laughs> <laughs> it's blame your parents seriously, it's not seriously, us seriously buckaroo bonsai there's characters in buckaroo bonsai if you look at the credit roll <laughs> john big Boutte is like one of the character names <laughs> all right on a serious note though uh halo infinite is is been kind of in the news a lot lately there's a lot of fans that are not happy with it and then you see the you know, tales of people transitioning and leaving and then there's turnover i mean in any industry you're going to have some kind of level of turnover and turnover but it just doesn't help the image i think for some people when they see a game that seems to be struggling in some ways from a 
player perspective, uh, not necessarily in a market perspective, but a player perspective, it just can kind of seem awkward. So there's that. Yeah, it's not like, oh, the only guy that had any skills just left the team, so now it's on uh, station keeping until it dies. I don't think we're in that situation, but... No, no, definitely not. Yeah. Um, I'm still curious why they call it Halo Infinite. Like, does that mean that they're just going to bolt the story modules on, like DLC? Like, you don't need a new engine or anything, just download the new campaign DLC, and here's, like, another single-player chunk, and they could repeat Endlessly. Well, if you if you play through the campaign, you might have your answer. So, because it turns into Halo Skyrim at some point. No, no, it's it's kind of the it's kind of the concept of you know there's always you know you know you the fight the fight always continues. In other words, like you know humanity is humanity is always going to get attacked, but we you should never give up. There, that's kind of like the themes towards the end that they're trying to instill and that even though you finish through the campaign, like the fight's not over, you know, for continuing to fight for humanity's survival. Like so, war never changes in a Ron Perlman sort of way. Not necessarily that, yeah. but it's, it's, it's meant, it's meant to be kind of like an inspiring thing. Like, you know, the, you can't, nothing can take down, you know, humanity's like will to survive. Um, so there's always going to be that one spark of hope somewhere, and as long as there's a spark of hope, humanity can always continue. But anyway, mm. that's that's the takeaway that I took from the ending of the game. Um, but uh, there's definitely, I definitely feel like they've left it open for it to to have more to it. So they they have said they are planning single player, you know, expansion to uh, good. I'll I'll game. play. Look, this, despite the multiplayer woes, the single player stuff I loved. I absolutely loved this campaign. Some people hate it. Some people think it was too much of a divergence from the norm. I don't care. I loved it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm I'm tired of, like, shooter in a hallway. So anything that they do that changes that up is great. Oh, they definitely changed it up. And there's, like, all these, like, little mini boss battles all over the map that you can kind of choose to go and engage at, at your will. And what's cool is, though, is if you unlock certain things at different times, it makes certain boss fights easier it's almost kind of like the Mega Man effect, right? Like, if you go and get the one weapon from one boss, it's easier to fight the other boss with it because it's more weak to that, you know, thing. So, yeah. it's... Uh, I'd be down for a big open-world Mega Man game if they want to do that. Yeah, that would be interesting for sure. All right, well, let's move on to our retro section. Um, this first story might just take me a couple minutes to, to set the stage for uh, there is a game called Heart of Darkness, and it came out originally on PC and PlayStation. It was a follow-up to uh, Delphine Software's Out of This World, which was a you know well-regarded, well-loved uh, platformer game back in 96. And uh, the game actually didn't... I'm sorry, 98 was when the game actually came out. And it was originally intended as a Saturn title. But by the time it finally shipped, the Saturn was basically dead, so it never was released on Saturn. And uh, some folks got a hold of a beta version of the game on Saturn that was used at the 96 Tokyo Toy Show. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of times when we get these prototypes, you can run them on normal, you know, consoles. 
but this particular game can't run on a standard Saturn because it wasn't optimized and it requires a uh, six megabyte memory expansion card that was never shipped for the Saturn. So it turns out that a, a homebrew bunch of folks have been working on larger memory cards, specifically called the Waska cartridge. And it allows homebrew developers to access up to 48 megabytes of memory on the Saturn. Uh, and they finally, uh, or maybe finally is not the right, a fair term, but they've now enabled this prototype of Heart of Darkness to run on normal Saturns if you have this Waska uh, cartridge in it. So it's kind of a cool bit of gaming history that, you know, otherwise would be lost. Now, the Waska cartridges are, are an open source thing. You can't go buy them anywhere. You basically have to buy the parts and solder it together yourself. But hopefully we'll see a production run of it uh, at some point in the future when commodity chips and things aren't basically impossible to get because of supply chain issues. So um, I love you know seeing these little bits, these prototypes kind of brought back to life for us to go and experience and, and check out you know what the developers were working on uh for a particular system so lots of fun there nice um i'm gonna I, to talk about the second one just for or the, the third one here on this list just for a second but uh i never i never would have thought about having virtual boy uh multiplayer in 2022 <laughs> that yeah, is, this is a crazy this is a homebrew game called Elevate Speed. It is a racing game for the Virtual Virtual Boy. And it, uh, you know, you can link two Virtual Boys together and play it head to head now. Um, there were no retail games for the Virtual Boy that used the link cable support. But the system, the console, actually did have the concept of a link cable, and you can go buy one from a homebrew, uh, homebrew sources today. And so there is a way that you can, you know, reasonably do this. I actually do have two Virtual Boys. Is that like is that like the Ethernet slash modem adapter for the GameCube that nothing really ever used it? Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Pretty much. It's interesting that um, Nintendo and, always was like doing certain things, but they never always used what they like. It's kind of like the um, that the the disc drive for the N sixty four, right? Like that never yep. really fully came to fruition, but they had plans for it. Yeah. Well, even even the Jaguar had a adapter called the Jaglink um, that mm-hmm. could do you know peer to peer or phone based um, like a modem multiplayer. But yeah, so it's just kind of a neat little little bit of history again. Uh, brought back from the dead with a bit of homebrew. So um, jumping back for a sec. So there is a free immersive emulator called Emu VR that allows you to play uh, a bunch of different retro consoles in a uh, nostalgic 3D bedroom. And uh, it now has online multiplayer support. So you can do all sorts of fun, fun online games. Uh, you do have to have you and your friend do have both have to have the ROMs, but it, it uses RetroArch as its back end for emulation. So if anything RetroArch support. Oh, wow. Looking at the video for this is really cool. So there's actually these 3D avatars. They're in like a bedroom 
and there's like a Super Nintendo and a TV sitting on a stand, and like the guys picking up the Super Nintendo, flipping the switch off, taking the game cartridge out, putting another cartridge in, and turning it on and playing. That's mm-hmm. really cool. I I dig that a lot. Yeah, it it just seemed like a neat thing, and I mean, you can't beat the price, right? It's free, so uh, certainly you know. And and right. RetroArch is is we're gonna we're gonna well we're, regarded. We're gonna set up a play date. That's all I gotta say. All right, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, all right, so that does it for retro this week. But we do have some VR news. Um, so with the Quest Two. Uh, and the original Quest, one of my absolute favorite features and what, to me, puts the Quest head and shoulders above any other VR solution is the fact that you can use it wirelessly. Mm-hmm. And you can use it wirelessly with a PC providing your graphics you know, performance, getting beautiful frame rates and, and super high-resolution visuals that are then wirelessly sent over Wi-Fi to your headset. But there is a limitation to this approach, which basically boils down to the fact that uh, Wi-Fi was never really meant for this kind of real-time uh, video transmission. And so it can drop frames of your graphics while you're in the middle of playing, which in VR can actually make you really, really nauseous if you mm-hmm. don't have smooth you know, panning as you move your head. So... Uh, the folks at Meta, formerly Facebook, who who own Oculus, have a new technology that's in beta called AirLink Frame Insurance. And basically what this does is if you lose a packet, the Quest will automatically, dynamically generate a frame of video and insert it to replace the missing frame that didn't make it across, the, uh, across Wi-Fi. So the thought is that this is going to dramatically improve the... Uh, feel of AirLink, which is uh, the brand name for wireless VR with the Quest uh, from PC. So pretty pretty cool bit of tech there. Nice. Um, after the Fall uh, update adds Horde Mode and more. So After the Fall is kind of like a, like a zombie shooter. Um, and um, I have not played this one yet. Have you played this one, Mellified? I don't, I haven't yet. No, I, I haven't really done any VR uh, super recently, but this one looked interesting because of the, um, it has several multiplayer options, including mm. PVP. So there are definitely some cool, cool features to this. And uh, they are doing like seasonal content. So it uh, should be interesting to see. Um, there's a, yeah, there's another VR one called The Wizards Dark Times is getting cooperative multiplayer for free, which, hey, I'm all down for co-op. Um, mm-hmm. You know, any anytime you've got co-op going on. So um, have you played The Wizards yet? I, I played the original. I haven't played Dark Times yet. And uh, it, 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 gosh, I'm trying to think how to even summarize it. I mean, you feel like a wizard, at least in the original, and it really was a cool... Uh, experience to you know be throwing spells around and stuff like that so i could definitely see you know this being a blast in in co-op yeah well the pc vr version uh definitely has much more improved textures uh going on mm-hmm. for the graphics because there's the quest 2 and then there's the pc vr so uh play it on pc vr i guess if you can and stream it to the quest you're probably going to have a much more 
enjoyable experience, it looks like. Yeah. Um, Mother Gunship is a game that, uh, an indie game that's done pretty well on PC and, and consoles. Um, it's sort of a fun, silly game where you uh, can just keep bolting on more stuff to your character's gun in a first-person shooter. So you can like add a rocket launcher, you can add spread fire, you can add all these crazy things, and you have this giant gun that you're toting around. So they're doing a sequel called Mother Gunship Forge, which is going to be uh, on Quest and Steam VR. And uh, at least the preview, you know, has been pretty well regarded. Uh, people are pretty excited about it. So uh, it's a you know wave shooter, certainly, but it's apparently one of the best ones that we've seen so far in VR. So definitely looking forward to that. Nice. Well, um, moving on to some PlayStation news, some not good PlayStation news, unfortunately. Gran Turismo 7 uh, has had some issues recently. Apparently, they came out and did an apology because there was an outage um, for their, I guess, some of their online play stuff that prevented players from grabbing uh, Gran Turismo 7 trophies. Um, Mm -hmm. And also, that's kind of you know, tacked on top of the fact that there is a microtransaction um, um, system in the game, but they are pricing uh, the prices for cars in this system uh, at what I guess appears to be pretty insane prices. Yeah, it's uh, actually the real price of the car. So <laughs> if you want yeah. Not but the, quite that bad, but it feels no, like... No, but the, the grind is real in that game, though it's like i've got people that play it and i've watched them and it's just like ooh, wow you know yeah, there's like, just there's there's just been a lot where i've said like this is what this is how you do microtransactions right and this is how you do it wrong this is clearly how you do it wrong in my opinion like well if there if there wasn't a microtransaction way to obtain the car and the car still took a week to grind out the money to buy then i would be like well that's the game right like get good and they want you to drive like little hatchbacks and stuff, not just come out the gate. Cause like, I feel like Forza makes the opposite mistake where it's just like, Oh, welcome to the game here. Have like five different kinds of Ferrari and a Bugatti and like other million dollar supercars have a good time. Right. But I, I don't feel like I had to work for any of that at all. But then with Gran Turismo, the the opposite is true. It's like, well, you start out driving mom's minivan and you better get good in that minivan because that's the only way that you're going to actually see like a BMW M3 and then get good in that. And, you know, we'll see in a couple months when you get your Ferrari unlocked kind of thing. So if the microtransaction stuff wasn't there, I would just say, well, hey, that's the pace that they set for the game. You know, it's it's not instant gratification. It's actually like gratification through effort. Um, hmm. But because the microtransaction stuff is there and it's predatorily priced as hell, then it's kind of like, hey, we made this a real bitch. But hey, get your wallet out, swipe it away. Hmm. I, I don't like that. So a middle ground would be nice. Yeah. Well, moving and, on. And if they and if they wanted to microtransact, it would be. Kind of like what Forza did. It's like, well, hey, get the get the like super pass, and then you get like double rewards or whatever from your races because you like threw us twenty bucks one time. It's like, okay, that's not egregious to me. But if you want like twenty bucks for a car, 
then that takes me back to like mech warrior online days of like hey do you want to do you want like a battle master that's fifty dollars for one mech mm. yeah it's what it is well, moving on to some tech news, uh, AMD says its uh, upcoming FSR 2.0 upscaler will offer similar or better than native image quality. Uh, AMD's mm. FSR technology is their Fidelity FX Super Resolution, which is very similar to NVIDIA's Deep Learning Super Sampling, or DLSS tech, which essentially what that does is it lowers your in-game resolution and using a spatial upscaling algorithm to boost the frame rate back up again without... Uh, adding any more load to the GPU. Um, yeah, so... in, in NVIDIA's tech, it uses hardware on the card to do that upscaling. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very powerful. Um, AMD's solution, though, doesn't. And interestingly, it doesn't use those AI tensor cores because they don't have them on AMD. Um, so this technology is actually platform independent. It's It's GPU independent. You can do it on all the GPUs. Uh, it does require in-game support, uh, unlike some of their earlier uh, technology, Fidelity FX. But, uh, you know, this is a big deal to have equivalent image quality at lower resolution so that you can uh, improve frame rate, especially with VR. So yeah. pretty exciting. Well, Melified's going to be getting his deck real soon, and uh, one of the things that you can do with it is you can install Windows on the Steam Deck. Um, there's support for it. Um, even Valve is going to be putting in support for a dual boot feature to where when you load it up, you can pick which operating system you want to use. But the nice thing about that, though, is is Game Pass on the Steam Deck using the Edge browser is in beta. Um yeah, yeah. So you can, I mean, Edge has been on Linux for uh, years now, and the latest beta actually allows you to play Game Pass games uh, from the cloud, to be clear. This is streaming uh, games, but you can stream those games right into the Edge browser on your Steam Deck. So. Now, I wonder I wonder if that'll let you also stream from your console. If you have one, on, like if you have an Xbox console, can you, I think, because I think you can do the same thing that way too. Can you not? I don't know if the browser implementation supports it yet, but certainly the tech does, right? So you should be able to do it eventually, if if not right now with this beta. Because if I'm going to be able to use this deck to Steam Link to my PC, why not also my Xbox? You know what I mean? Like, I can play. Yeah, Yeah, that'll be nice. One of the things that I've noticed now that I have a Switch is that when I'm, you know, sitting watching TV with the wife, I can, you know, have the Switch playing you know something you know on the switch while i'm watching tv with her because sometimes she'll she'll watch something that i'm not quite engaged in she just likes me being around and being in the room mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's weird it's how a couple things work sometimes you don't need to really be doing the same thing you just want to be in the same room together and uh so that that's been kind of fun so i'm looking forward to getting my steam deck as well and doing some of the same kind of stuff so yeah fun, for fun. sure um all right, so Asus, uh, check if you have an Asus router at home, make sure you check for software updates. There's a pretty nasty botnet going around that uh, is targeting Asus routers that have a security vulnerability. So just make sure you're up to date there. Um, okay, it's, it's official. Internet Explorer is dead June 15th. For reals, Microsoft means it this time. They're not kidding around. 
Yeah. Don't Do you believe don't, it? Don't 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 test it. Not, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, could I could probably still find you some enterprise companies that are running IE6. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, but Microsoft is saying no really we're we're gonna retire IE. Um it is a huge uh vector for security issues. So I'm sure it's just, you know, they want to get rid of it as much as we want to see it die, but uh Fingers crossed this actually happens. Uh, sad bit of news. Do you want to talk about this one? Um, well, the I pronounce it the GIF creator, Stephen Wilhite, has unfortunately passed. Um, he laid the groundwork for the now ubiquitous form of communication. <laughs> um, I guess um, he created it back in the 1980s, which I didn't realize that gifts were that old. Um, but uh, I guess he's now with Jod. You know, if if you pronounce it, <laughs> if you pronounce it, Jif rather than Gif. Right. I guess right. He, I guess he's with Jod rather than God now. Um, is that is that like Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, uh, I mean, yeah. not not to not wasn't, to, yeah. Wasn't Jesus married to one of the Kardashians? Yeah, was... I mean, and not and not to try and and make light of of his passing. Um, the the debate ever continues on GIF or GIF. I I I personally prefer GIF, but uh... yeah, I I thought that was settled that it was just GIF and all the people who said GIF were wrong. But I I guess there's still some debate in some quarters. Uh. But yeah, I mean, right. I thought it was so amazing that something that is so much a part of digital technology in 2022 was invented, you know, in the 80s, almost, what, 35, 40 years ago. So that was just fascinating to me. Well, rip to Stephen Wilhite. Yes, thank you. Uh, yeah, thank God for image compression, though, because back whenever I was on, like, 56K, you'd, you'd wait, like, five minutes for... Uh, mm. you know, picture to download or whatever was just yeah. like, oof. I can imagine what bitmaps would have been like <laughs> for sure. Yeah. That would have been painful. Um, so fidelity FX, I mentioned it a few minutes ago in relation to, uh, AMD's new technology, but fidelity FX is the current version. And one of the interesting things about fidelity FX is it is game independent or can be. Games can certainly build in support for it, but you can do it in the graphics driver alone. And this is how the Steam Deck is actually getting some of its uh, performance bump because it'll render at like 540p and then use Fidelity FX super resolution to bump that up to the 720p or 800p native to the screen. So that same technology that AMD enabled in the Steam Deck at the graphics driver level is going to be hitting the PC or hitting, excuse me, the Xbox. So we're actually going to get a system level option to do upscaling on the Xbox soon, which is uh, pretty, pretty fantastic. So uh, although the Steam Deck uses it to go from relatively modest resolution to 720p um, on the Xbox, you could imagine doing 1440p and then upscaling it to 4K but getting those nice, you know, 60 plus FPS frame rates uh, from the 1440p, but getting the image quality of 4K, that's kind of the dream here. So uh, pretty, pretty darn cool. So, 
Well, another piece of tech that's really cool is this new direct storage that's been getting worked on where the GPU can make calls right to hard drives. And thanks to some of that um, technology. Hard drives? What? what? Well, you know, NVMEs, SSDs, you know what I mean. Storage. Yes. Stewage. Um, Now that 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 is a a technology that is coming to the Xbox and to Windows uh, 11, I think Windows 10 too, um, but definitely to Windows 11 for sure. um, According to this, thanks to this technology for Spoken, now loads in only one second. (laughs) Which, yeah. Now that is from an M2 NVMe SSD, um, but it was 10 seconds before this technology was implemented. So it is a pretty massive uh, improvement. I'm not sure that you would notice the difference between you know that, but um, it does make it very promising that we'll see you know faster and faster loading times in the future, which I think we can all agree will be very very nice. Uh, as someone who sat through the minute and a half uh, of elevator music in Mass Effect when you were moving around the ship. Uh, I I am very excited about that um, because that was, they were masking the loading times with that elevator sequence. So, Well, moving on to business and legal. uh, Calls for Valve to ship Steam decks and more discrete packaging after apparent thefts. I feel like at this point in time, if you ship anything in like what the box says that it is that you ordered... That should always be a big no. Like there should be some kind of like standardization that says put this in a discrete box. Just always. I don't understand. Yeah. Why. I don't get why not. You know. Yeah, I don't know. If people just didn't think about it, or they they don't aren't aware that porch pirates exist. But uh, it does seem pretty obvious. Porch pirates. Is that yeah, like people Yo-ho. who steal steal packages off your porch? Oh, I thought like they actually stole your porch. I was like. <laughs> Sail it off down the road. That would be that would be carjacking if they stole your porch. <laughs> so, uh, in China, it is illegal to do crypto mining now, um, but you can make a lot of money doing large scale crypto mining, uh, at least depending on the the commodity price of of various uh, cryptocurrencies. So, somebody got caught trying to smuggle one hundred and sixty. Uh, graphics cards into China. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, 5,840 graphics cards into China uh, by relabeling the boxes to mask that they were actually graphics card and Chinese customs caught them and confiscated $3 million worth of uh, AMD GPUs. Jesus. uh, It's like, like, I want to order these, but I want them packaged in in uh, laundry detergent boxes, please. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Can you do that in video? Well, speaking, well, yeah. And well, speaking of China, they're, they're continuing to crack down more on like a bunch of their online stuff. So they're expanding their online gaming limits to include live streaming and social media. Yeah. Well, China's worried that we're corrupting their youth with all this newfangled technology. So uh, we're corrupting their youth, but they're the ones that sent TikTok over here to make us do stupid dances and like shoot people with BB guns as a, as a challenge. Well, well, what's interesting, what's interesting about this whole like system is the Chinese company Tencent literally has its fingers in almost every industry in like the video game world. 
And so it's kind of like, if you're trying to limit, like, then why, why do you invest? <laughs> you know, or like, why do you, why do you let these organizations at least invest so hard? Because they have the ability to destroy the entire video games industry by pushing a big red button that's on yeah. China. That's why it's red, because it's in China. And yeah, that's why. Totes. <sighs> anyway, just interesting stuff. Yeah, well, speaking of interesting, Dr. Disrespect has a new game development studio uh, that he founded, and uh, it will be launching its first game in the next couple years. Is it going to have Twitch integration? No, I would imagine not. Okay. Um, The game is called Midnight Society, and... They're doing something interesting to promote the game and raise funds for the development. They are selling passes uh, called Founders Access Passes. And it's only going to have, you know, 10,000 of these available. They're 50 bucks a pop. So, you know, good way to raise 500 grand, I guess. But what is the, the, the sort of twist to this is in the game, you have masks. And these 10,000 people will have unique masks that are backed by an NFT. So basically there's a crypto cryptographic, you know, signature on the, the, the image that makes it unique to one person will be the only one to have that mask. Now, if you get a terrible mask and you paid 50 bucks for it, sucks to be you, I guess. <laughs> like you don't get to pick it's randomly generated, but uh, a lot of people are up in arms about this. They're they're you know frustrated and and disappointed. You know why are they making this an NFT thing? Yep. Um, the masks are are part of the character design, so you know the uniqueness is is I guess a feature there. But um, there it gets even more convoluted where there's upgrades to this pass, um, where you can become the eyes and and then you can go further with that and then you become a claw and like, there's this convoluted membership system. Uh, it's all very confusing. And, um, I, you know, I, I always get a little worried when game developers focus on this kind of stuff and not making a great game. Right. Yeah. I, I, well, and, and so, so some criticism here just real quick. So the, the game studio, the game studio, not the game, but the game studio is called midnight society. Oh, I'm and, sorry. My yeah. Mistake. No, 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 you're good. But the the thing that kills me here and where the criticism comes into play is if you've ever watched any of Dr. Disrespect, like, at all, he's always freaking critical of the games industry not doing, like, right things or whatnot. And then, like, I look at this and I go, WTF, dude. Like, if you, if, if, like, do you not smell that NFTs are bad? Like... Well, it seems like a thing that you would do like, okay, we lead with the monetization thing that's hot right now because we want to get some investor money. And then after the money's in pocket, then we can just let that fade and never speak of it again. Yeah, I'm just I'm just I'm 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 starting to like, I don't know. Everything about this guy just really starts to just frustrate me the more and more like I see anything about him. All right, so the Micron CEO, the manufacturer of many of the chips that go in our memory and SSDs, says that the chip shortage is set to continue. Uh, this is contrasted, though, with 
GPU prices are starting to come down a little bit. We're actually seeing GPUs being sold at MSRP. So it looks like maybe you'll be able to get a GPU, but you're not going to be able to afford the RAM to go in your CP to go with your uh, your new build. So uh, good news, bad news, I guess, on the uh, components front for PCs. Yeah, well, when they say that GPUs are, are coming down, does that mean they're only twice MSRP now instead of three times? Or, or am I actually going to be able to get a $600 video card for $600? Because that's At the point where I actually buy one. The the high-end cards, like we're seeing 3080 Ti's at retail price now. Which is what, like 1200 bucks or something? Uh, 12 or 14 yeah, depending on the model. So, yeah. It just you know. kills me, man, that a video card costs what I paid for the whole PC, and that's actually MSRP for the video card. Yep. Like yep. back when I bought a PC with a 1080 in it, the whole thing was 1200 bucks. Well, I mean, the only thing I'll say is that the 3080 Ti is more than twice as powerful, you know, as the previous generation, right? So it is a lot more for the money, but, you know, it's not like they're still selling the 1080 or the the, the 2080 either. Yeah. So you don't have a lot well, of that, Well, that's the thing is like, if you need a PC, like I'm still playing on a 1080, it's not even a Ti and I do pretty all right. And you can't sell me that if it's... If it's like, well, here's a 20% improvement, but I'm not really under 60 frames a second anyway right now mm. with most of the stuff that I play. So I, it's a hard sell to me. But if it was like I could replace the whole PC for $1,500 and not $4,000, then sure, I might consider that. But right yeah. now it's it's more than double what I want to pay for the thing. Yeah. A yeah. thing I don't need, right? It's, yeah. Well, another way that you could bring down GPU prices is by stealing them. Uh, a Russian online retailer called Wildberries uh, had three of its warehouse workers toss $38,000 worth of uh, 3070 Ti graphics cards out a window to their accomplice who was waiting down below. And they got caught because they didn't sell them expensive enough. They tried to pawn them uh for 600 bucks a piece to a pawn shop and to friends, but the cards go for 1900. So people got suspicious, called the cops and got these guys arrested. So mm. I guess the moral of the story <clears throat> is if you're going to steal and sell stuff, you should know what, what you're, you're selling it for a reasonable uh, markup. I don't know. Yeah. Or don't just take it to a pawn shop because it's a little sus whenever people pull up with a thousand video cards at a pawn shop, right? Like, mm -hmm. hey, do you want to buy this truck? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, speaking of not being safe from things, uh, YouTube copyright strikes seem to be just a constant pain in a lot of people's butts, and their YouTube system's always been changing, weird, different, strange. But recently, there's been a whole lot of copyright strikes against Destiny players. So a lot of Destiny content creators have been getting copyright strikes, including Bungie's own videos have been getting claimed for DMCA takedowns. And Bungie is curious as to what's going on because they aren't even the ones behind any of the copyright strikes, even to the other content creators. So they are trying to investigate what's going on with this. I think this just helps to highlight the fact that the system is so bugged with like Autobots, like being able like to do not the Transformers, but like like bots, 
like bots being able to automatically just go in and just like flag a whole bunch of stuff and then it seemed it is deemed almost as a legitimate thing and there's almost no review process it feels like for these things so because yeah. because YouTube is so big they can't just manually review all the things all the time it's better to flag it first and then review it later which seems to be a hurtful process especially if you get flagged so many times in a row potentially that it causes the, you to lose your channel entirely and then you don't get a hold you can't get a hold of anybody to recover that it seems yeah. like a very volatile system is what i'm saying yeah well it's certainly you know youtube creators have enough problems you know the amount of content they have to create gaming the the algorithms to get recommended and then to add this on top of it where you're you know sort of in fear of your livelihood potentially um pretty rough you would think that there should be like a better checks and balances system in there like if it gets flagged for dmca it gets like it gets taken not taken down but like hidden until someone mm -hmm. can manually review it Does that that way any of the content that's being flagged is removed from being viewed until it is properly vetted, whether it is true or not. And then that way it can help right. save people. I wish they would do something like that. Just, just, just take, take the video and mark it as a hidden thing until it's reviewed. It might take a while to get to it, but at least, you know, you're not hurting people's livelihoods. Yeah. Well, and that <sighs> costs money, right? Which is not, 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 uh, very attractive to google or youtube i'm sure oh so. no some big company losing them some money i you know not not saying it's right i'm just saying that's probably why they haven't done it uh so moving on to our funny and strange section uh i wanted to let everybody know not to worry we are going to continue our hard-hitting keycap coverage in 2022 uh we talked about a few different keycaps uh i think last news show or maybe two new two news shows ago yep and uh that's going to continue because we now have adorable kerbal space program artisan keycaps available these are actually kind of cool looking i do i do like these they they are the cutest little kerbal faces in little astronaut outfits uh that you can replace your keyboard keys with so you know uh, if that's your bag, you can check them out. Just do a, a quick search for Kerbal Space Program keycaps. That's fun. I, I think those are fun. I like those. Um, we talked about Elden Ring a little bit earlier. Um, there's an Elden Ring data miner reveals what NPCs are hiding under their masks. So there's, um, uh, which I find fascinating that there's actually layers to to some of these things. Most NPCs can be recreated so that we can finally see what they look like. I find that fascinating that there's actually layers to these these characters, that there's actually more going on than just uh, a flat mm -hmm. mat, you know, flat mat, like, kind of texture on a, you know, a wireframe. Yeah, frame, yeah, somebody actually had to do the work to, to put that face on there. I mean, it might be auto-generated or something, but uh, kind of interesting. And I don't know, I mean, who's going to see that? I don't know, uh, but it's it's crazy that that detail exists, so... Yeah. Uh, Journey, which uh, the this is the exploration game where you're kind of in a desert and you match up with other people. Uh, you get a longer scarf as you play through the game. And uh, the game was originally named Dragon. Uh, that was a code name in development. And it... Uh, <laughs> this is hard to imagine. It was almost teen rated because it was going to be too bloody. Which I can't even think of any blood in the game, but uh, apparently the 
the issue was that there were those scraps of scarves around and the way the the color that they chose, people thought it was blood uh, on the scarves. And so they were like, Oh, these poor little creatures got torn to pieces and their scarf, you know, was, was ripped up and and covered in blood. And so that's why it was going to be rated teen. So all they did was change the color palette to make it clear that it wasn't, uh, it wasn't blood. (laughs) So pretty crazy bit of gaming history there for you well and back to china for a second here chinese customs arrests a man dubbed the walking cpu for trying to smuggle 160 cpus taped to his body along with i believe a handful of cell phones he had 16 cell phones strapped to his body via duct tape as well um maybe he was just playing a lot of pokemon go like i (laughs) i think they're making some really uh unkind assumptions here for this poor guy it's it's 2022 and cocaine has been replaced with CPUs. <laughs> Apparently, te- tech tech mules, if you will. Um, yeah. Ooh, all right. What do we got next? Uh, The Witcher Three. There is a an event in the game that if you do a side quest, uh, it's mentioned that this character only has seven years to live. And uh, somebody figured out they fast forwarded the game through those seven years and went back to find this NPC. And sure enough, they dropped dead. So they actually did put a seven year kind of Easter egg in the game uh, for people wow. who were really dedicated. So that was oh, kind no of a neat little, neat little thing. All right. Last one here. What do we got? Well, just when you thought you'd seen it all, we now have expensive gamer gamer slippers available you know it's interesting that we've shifted to this market where because we've covered stuff like this before where it's like gaming gaming refrigerators gaming apparel from like Mm -hmm. from like these big designer outlets that cost so much money but it's just like expensive designer clothes for gamers is just a weird concept to me i do not was this is this like flip-flops with rgb lighting or what it's not even rgb they're just shoes i mean they're you know it's a slipper but like, like a slip-on uh, shoe yeah yeah a slip-on shoe but it's 160 dollars for the low top model or version and 175 for the mid top so oh that's why because they're appealing to the shoe collector fetish out there I, I yeah guess. which which by the way jeff goldblum has a series on disney plus about uh, the world according to jeff goldblum and he has an episode about the sneaker and he goes around and he like interviews and talks to people who have these like shoe collections worth so much if there's if there if someone places a value on a thing there's a market you know what i'm saying so it's like yeah pretty nutty um but that's something you smuggle out of instead of into china (laughs) yes there you go well that'll cover it for the news on this week's episode of uh the podcast head on over to our discord at discord.otherworlds.gg for all this and more we've got plenty of discussion and gaming going on over there And uh, we'll see you in the next one. This has been episode number 54. Yeehaw.